0: What's up everybody? Welcome to the pick six podcast, CBS Sports daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Britson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, August the 11th and, uh, gambling week is coming, but we don't want to wait, you know, till the week actually gets here to start talking gambling. And so we're going to dive in with RJ White in a minute about home field advantage in 2020, as well as some week one lines. As we mentioned before, we're going to do nerd week, uh, fantasy week and gambling week or as R.J. White likes to call it, every day of the year. <laughs> just kidding. Um, what's up, buddy?
1: How much are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, actually, I'm
0: doing fantastic. You know why? One, because people keep leaving five-star reviews. And if they leave five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will answer them for the mailbag questions, including uh, a question that was asked to us about – was it was it asked about Ninja Turtles, or did Ninja Turtles just sort of morph into a thing? Um Either way, you had a good idea. You think that I'm vanilla ice.
1: Yeah, I said, uh, I think, um, Wilson rebelled against the Ninja Turtle stuff. He, and he sounded crotchety while he was doing it. And I said, it doesn't make sense because he's the perfect Raphael. So yeah. you got, you get him as Raphael. You get Mikey as uh, Breach, obviously. You'd have to be Leonardo kind of by default. You get, uh, um, so uh, yeah, and so is Donatello. You know, I'll take that spot because I used to consider myself a Donatello. Hey, yeah. Um, but then when I was casting it, I said, actually, Debo's Leonardo in, and Princeton's Vanilla Ice. So that makes more sense to me. Okay. I can get down with that. Stop. Collaborate and listen.
0: And while you're collaborating and listening to this podcast, how about a round of applause? Pat yourself in the back. Pat ourselves on the back. Everybody cheer. We're a finalist for the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. Debo, are we a finalist for the big award or just the sports award? Yeah, uh,
2: sports category. So, still a finalist, one of the ten finalists. So, thank you very much. Everyone. They're not a
0: finalist for the big one.
2: No, but that, that's okay. It's okay.
0: We have a better chance of winning the sports thing than winning the big one, I
2: think. Absolutely. From that, from the big one, you're pulling from 1.5 million podcasts. From the sports category, you're probably just, you know,
1: a hundred thousand. That's pretty good. We'll take it. Um, it more like 1.4 million. You're going to say for sports. Yeah, <laughs> There's still a it feels like yeah.
0: It feels like they're 1.4 million. You know, because there are a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, Anyway, but we're a finalist. And Debo tells me that I may have to make some sort of acceptance speech. Is that true?
2: Yeah. So even if you don't win, you have to pretend that you won, which you will have no problem doing.
0: (laughs) No, that would be very easy. So Um, It'll be over the top and uh, unnecessarily. uh, I will probably, and this is why it would be even better, because I will definitely like fire shots at people who said it couldn't be done. And then ultimately when we don't win, it'll make the the acceptance speech uh even more entertaining.
2: It'll just go in one of my folders, but here's the tough part. You have to limit it to 90 seconds, I believe. Are you capable oh, of Oh, if that? it's a
0: 90 second speech, then we're playing it on the podcast regardless of whether we win or lose. <laughs> I like that. I've also and I there's nothing we can there was a suggestion by uh CBS HQ host and friend of the program, uh, Amanda Guerra. So Jamie Eisenberg said if the, if the fantasy football today show wins the award, that he will shave his head. She, and she was like texting me and Wilson was like, you know what? You guys need to go up top. Brinson can have his chest waxed if, if, uh, pick six podcast wins the award, but I don't know if there's any, it's like, there's no, like, it's just, we're just banking on, Although I guess I could influence voters who, are current, who will be voting for this award,
1: right? Is that possible with uh, the promise of waxing my chest?
2: That is not condoned,
0: just to be just to be clear.
1: Which is a shame because we know how much the world wants Will to wax his chest for some reason.
0: Uh, Bart Scott once offered to, uh, to to donate to charity, I believe it was 10 cents per hair, if he was allowed to wax my chest live on CBSSports.com. It was a pre-HQ. And I said no. If he'd gotten a professional waxer, I would have done it for charity because I'm a charitable person. But for just for him to do it, no—that's like potential long-term damage. So no (laughs) dice for that. Uh, All right, let's get to uh, some football, shall we? I don't—I keep asking this question, and I'm sure it annoys listeners. But right now, as we're we're recording this on Monday, August 10th, and it feels like the future of college football is hanging in the balance, and it would surprise nobody if there wasn't college football this season, uh, primarily because, and if pe- I don't know if people understand this, it has nothing to do with, like, uh, whether people want to play football or not or even really politics or anything like that. That's what a lot of people assign it to. It's not that. What it is is liability for unpaid student-athletes. The NFL doesn't have that problem, RJ. So are you feeling confident right now that week one – Will be a go, at least in some semblance of what we expect.
1: Yeah, I think we're definitely going to get a week one. I don't know that we're going to get through the season. That remains to be seen. You know, baseball is going to be a good test case. We've seen now. I believe the Cardinals in baseball haven't played since the 29th of July. They I think they're two and three right now, while some other teams have 17 or 18 games in the books. And that's just not something that's going to work in the NFL. You can't have like the Jaguars play three games while everyone else is playing 16 games. So um, they'll have to take some lessons from what baseball is doing and they'll try to make it work. And hopefully they will make it work. You know, they, they came up with a, a plan that the players signed off on. And if, you know, both sides are willing to go to, go to bat and try this, then all power to them. Let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it under the best conditions we can. But uh, you know, you have to be ready for that possibility that things start unraveling. And what's your plan B at that point? I, I don't know. Do you think they have a plan B? They've got to. I mean, with how much money is in the balance and how much you know is on the line, they have to be having these conversations and saying. Right. We've seen what's happening with, you know, one baseball team hasn't played for two weeks or 10 days or whatever it is. What will we do in that situation? What will we do when half the team is quarantined, you know, or or test positive a day of, you know, you have to game these situations out and figure out what what you're going to do. I don't have a good answer for that. There is no really good answer for that. And ideally we'd all play these games without issue and there wouldn't be any, any worry about losing any games, but you have to have, you know, hypotheticals and plan B's for everything at this point. Yeah. And at least from that t- – so uh, let me ask you this. You're, you you are love
0: betting futures. Usually around this time of the year, you're planning a trip to Vegas to bet a bunch of futures, and we've had multiple conversations in our Slack channels and on this podcast about what futures you're going to bet. Are you staying away from betting futures? Are you – because win totals to me feels like a real risky proposition just because you don't know how it would be graded. Like, like taking it over seems like a foolish move to me.
1: Well, so, yeah, I'm not – you know, full disclosure, I'm not betting futures this year. I'm not, I'm not going to Vegas. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. Sure. So, so this is I all hypothetical. Think if you got a, lo- a local book, would you be betting futures? Right. It depends on how they stipulate. If you go to William Hill, it says all action depends on 16 game season. So right. if you're betting the over under on, I think Steelers are nine and a half and or whoever's eight, it depends on 16 games. If they cancel a game and they never make it up, you're just getting your money back. So. Do you really want to put money out there I and you, have the just, money, yeah. you would just get back in three or four months or whatever it is? So, um, Put it uh, in that- a savings account and get like 4%. Yeah. So that's some people I, you know, it's just the likelihood that that we end up canceling at least one game or we go to a shorter season means I'm not betting certainly any 16 game futures. I think if you want to talk, um, we'll make the playoffs, won't make the playoffs, assuming we can get through the season, I'd be fine doing that, you know, win the division, that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, I, there are teams I like and totals, I think are off in an ideal season where, where we play 16 games, but I wouldn't put money on it right now.
0: Yeah. And I think too, again, so like, we had a an issue with a college – my buddies and I had an issue with a college football total, an NC State total, where a game was canceled because of a hurricane. In West Virginia, the team that was playing NC State was like, nah, we ain't making it up. And it was like, oh, my God, like this is – like this is going to be a problem. Like they're going to fall a game short of hitting the total because of that uh, and then ended up playing ECU in the final game of the season. I don't think they hit it anyway. I, I can't remember exactly what happened. But the point being is if you have a – if you're – think about betting totals right now, win totals – It would behoove you to probably lean towards the under if you are, you know, if you're determined to bet them and there's not like, if there's not something that stipulates 16 games, which I imagine they all will, you should only bet the unders. I wouldn't bet an over of like nine
1: and a half when we can go to 12 game season. Yeah, the only way you look at – and and you know me. I've talked about this in the past. You shouldn't be betting overs anyway. If you're high on a team, you should be usually betting them to make the playoffs or something right. like that. Try to find value there unless they're you know a, a projected like three or four win total team and you like them to go over just because there's so many extra wins built into the system because people are optimistic and like betting overs. So when it comes to futures, my overall strategy is to find the teams I like under the most and, and fire on those. Right. Um, but yeah – Definitely read the fine print here because I think in normal years, some books say as long as there's week one action, the season counts for the, the over under totals. So then, if that applied to this year, then of course you would you would say take all the unders, you know, because if games get canceled, you're going to make out like a bandit there. But yeah, if w- William Hill said 16 games, I imagine all of them are putting that 16 game sp- stipulation in place, and you can't just make easy money off of taking the unders.
0: It would be pretty surprising if not if everybody didn't have that stipulation. You know what I mean? Right. Like what? What is the benefit to not having a stipulation outside of suckering some people who take I, I I don't I don't I just don't see the the whole the logic in it personally. So I would uh that's what I would do. Uh, all right, moving along to the story that you have written for CBSSports.com, which should be up by the time that people are listening to this. If not, um, you actually will be. You can check the link in the description as always because Debo is great at what he does. And I believe it's, it'll be up Tuesday, right? So um, you do a weighted home field advantage formula that takes points scored and allowed over each of the last five years and gives a, uh, you know, a weight to who is the, be- who has the best home field advantage, because it's not just as cut and dry as like, Seahawks are awesome at home. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work like that anymore. Um, how'd you
1: do it this year? And do you think it matters? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that this, like you said, it's a weighted formula. So 50% weight is given to, to the most recent year. In this case, 2019. And 25% the year before go, and then it goes all the way back to five years. Takes all that into account. Um, and that's just a basis for deciding what home field advantage is. I don't just take whatever the number spits out and say that's the home field advantage because some teams end up being negative because it just one year you have it. They are awesome on the road this year take the ravens they had like 3 blowout wins on the road so it, it their their raw number came out negative so you just take that into a factor usually the number um for a home field advantage for the worst team could, is usually around 2 and the best teams are around 4 and then you kind of figure out where they fit in that scale this year's a little weird not just because of the pandemic but because last year the data showed that there was essentially no home field advantage essentially when you were on the wow. teams played just as well on the road as they did at home so w- whereas in in other years, like last year, the average team had 2.31 points of home field advantage in my raw formula. This year, you cut it in half. There's only like 1.15 points uh, of home field advantage. Wow! So that was just in a in a non pandemic year where road teams went crazy to the extreme. So if you believe that the pandemic is really going to cause chaos and the home field advantage isn't going to be worth much, that's kind of already baked into the system if you're using the 2019 numbers where it actually didn't mean much at all. Um, right. Just kind of random circumstance. So the way it affected me is instead of going in that two to four range, I, I, I handicapped teams to the one point to two and a half point range. I, I didn't give any team a full three just because of, uh, you know, no, I think the fans not being in the stadium and the things that, that apply to that are, are going to make a big difference, but I do think you have to have some home field advantage because I think traveling during a pandemic is going to expose people to more risk than people being able to just stay at home in their normal routines. So, and, and let's not
0: forget that the NFL has, according to reports, they haven't actually said this, they have told teams that they would prefer that they arrive the day of the game to the travel. So it's, it's also, it's possible that like it's actually bigger than, I mean, travel is not the same as it was 20 years ago. So it's, it's different. Like, you know, if you're going from, uh, you know, new England to new, you know, Boston to New York, like Boston to Philly. Like that's not going to be a tough, like tough way to make that one o'clock kickoff. Right. Right. I mean like that, but you know, if you got to go from like,
3: you know, Boston Seattle to LA you know, or
0: yeah. 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 Or I mean, yeah. Even like Miami to New York is not super easy. I mean that, you know, you got a chartered plane, you're spread out, but you know, you're a big dude and you've been compressed and you're getting out and you, you're not spending the night at a hotel and waking up and, I don't know. Like I always found, I always find traveling the day of something I'm a little wonkier than I would be, you know, if I, if I've been there for a day.
1: Yeah. It's going to be tough for these early games, especially the West coast teams that have to travel um, for them to make it work. I do think that, you know, obviously them traveling is different than us traveling. We, when we're going through commercial airports and, right. and planes, we're exposed to a lot more than you don't fly are. private. Wow. No, I don't. Fly, I don't got that private money, private jet money yet, but um. Uh, so it's different for them, but you're still exposing yourself to more people that you wouldn't otherwise when you're at home. You know, wh- whether you're getting into the chartered plane, you got to get food delivery somewhere if you're coming in overnight. you got to do all these different things that you're going to have exposure that you wouldn't necessarily have if you're just at home in your regular routine. Um, I don't know that it makes a massive difference, but it's something we're going to have to monitor. Because if we get two to three weeks into the season and it turns out the most affected teams are, are – the uh, the road teams, then that's going to be something people are going to talk about. You know, where is this exposure coming from? So, it's uh, yeah, it, it is a small factor in there, but uh, but it's not enough for me to just say no home field advantage at all. You know, or or a massive home field advantage. Kind of split the middle at this point.
0: Well, and I think you got to be you got to be careful with it too, right? Like you don't want to. I mean, you're. I don't know how much people are going to be gambling. I mean, you'll be doing your picks for Sportsline. You can go to Sportsline.com/slash/white to get the first month for a dollar. And by the way, if you get that first month for a dollar. You will also get a free month of CBS or basically a, a month of you get with Sportsline, you get CBS all access. So whether you want to watch football games, you get all the CBS local games, all the games played on CBS, your local CBS channels. There's a ton of them. Uh, and you get Champions League and you might even be able to watch, uh, you can watch a uh, Chappelle show now on, uh, on CBS all access anytime you want. I might go do that after this podcast. So go get it. Sign up for, through Sportsline. It'll be a dollar and then. Or maybe even do the free month of all access, and then you sign up for Sportsline, so you get two months of all this stuff for a dollar. You get cha- you get Champions League now, and then you get R.J. White's picks when it matters in September. Long story short, is that I think it'll be different. It's gonna be re- this is gonna be the hardest season in the history of football to make picks on a week to week basis, right?
1: Right. It's going to be the hardest. It's basically anything that you can think of. It's going to be the hardest to, to, to account for, whether it's coaches preparing when they're, they can't have their quarterbacks in the same room, whether it's, you know, teams practicing when you got a quarantine people that have, you know, maybe even just been exposed to somebody that has coronavirus and doesn't actually have it themselves, but they need to get quarantined for 48 hours. So what do they do? Miss, you know, Wednesday and Thursday practice. It just seems like it could be a mess. Um, I think you're going to have a big advantage for the teams that are very regimented and, and, you know, are, are known for having their stuff together like the Patriots and those teams that are a little bit sloppy with stuff and, 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 you know, players get away with whatever they want. It's going to be tough to kind of wrangle them in uh, when one or two bad cases could spread through your team. So it's just something that we're all going to have to kind of react to in real time. We can talk about what we think is going to happen in week one, but we don't have any precedent for any of this. We don't really, really know how to apply this to professional football. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Um. To the field Advantage point, just to belabor it a little bit longer, Um. who... <laughs> Who do you think has given him an advantage?
1: Well, the numbers say the best last year, uh, well, the best in the weighted formula due to their performance last year was the Colts of all teams. Uh, it, the last few years it had been the Dolphins. People don't give them a lot, enough credit for being good at home. And you can, you can play whatever, you know, put whatever you want into that fact, but they had been exceeding the numbers by like a large, uh, you know, quotient. This time that didn't happen. I think they were better on the road this year. And uh, now the Colts took the crown. Um, you know, they had a large gap in points against at home and on the road. So the defense played a lot better at home. Year before, it was their offense that played much better at home than on the road. Year before that, in 2017, it was the defense, which is kind of yo-yos back and forth between them. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't know if there's one, you know, takeaway you can pull from them, but they certainly have proven that they're a great home team. And they're one of the teams that I gave, you know, my highest point total to going into the year at two and a half points. Okay. Um, who will you be fading potentially? When it comes well, to home I, we've been fading Washington year after year. We know that they don't have a, <laughs> that's, a good... I mean, that's look, I'm not, fading Washington. That's not even a home field advantage thing, right? Yeah, they never have a home, good home field advantage, and the numbers pour that out. They're one of nine teams that had a negative uh, number in the raw data, which means that they perform better on the road than at home. Um, so right. they were one um the la teams i think it's going to be hard for them you know moving into a new stadium they've always had trouble at ho- at home because they don't draw good crowds so maybe this actually if you can't have a big crowd actually helps them because uh they don't get a lot of the opponents fans in the stadiums like they usually do Poor um, philip rivers man i mean i know he's going to your you, know, you mentioned the Colts. Which is great but it's like like now
0: now he finally gets like like now he would have gotten regular crowds for for these games are you kidding me like this guy just can't catch a break
1: Yeah, and the one team that had been good in the data was the Raiders. Uh, they were had the third best weighted home field advantage mark um, in the league with the raw data, but obviously that's not going to apply because they're not in the same place. So right. you, they're opening a new stadium in a new location. You can't really apply the Oakland numbers and and that fan base to them. The good news is that if you ever been to Vegas, you know there actually are a lot of Raiders fans there. And if you watched how they embraced the Golden Knights when they got an NHL team, you really can have a lot of um a, a lot of trust that that community is going to rise up and support this team. So when fans are allowed into the stadium, I don't think that they're going to be a, a negative home field team like the chargers and Rams have proven to be in their move to LA. I think that the Vegas, you know, crowd and the Vegas community is going to rally around them. Do you think that it will matter? And we don't know what's going to happen with
0: like Vegas itself, but do you think it'll matter that, um, that the, that Vegas, like, so, I mean, do you think they matter? Like teams are going to, if teams are playing in Las Vegas, do you think being in Las Vegas will impact these team, like will impact these players the way that it might have in a normal season? Because I think the expectation was fade the crap. Like if some, like if this team's going to Vegas, like these dudes are going to party on Saturday night or at least Friday. Like if they're, you know, depending on when they get there, they're going to party some. And so I guess the question is, do you think that will matter quite as
1: much? It might not – like I was saying earlier, it depends on the organization and the coaches in place and and what kind of rules you have in place. If you let your players run wild – they're going to get in trouble when they go to a place like Vegas. I think it's actually interesting in that Vegas is kind of an outlier because it's the one place known as the party capital. So even if you're kind of lax, if you fly into an Atlanta or an Indianapolis or wherever else, if you're going to Vegas, you better have like special rules in place to keep your guys online saying, Hey, I don't want to see, you know, video of you on the strip acting a fool. Right. So maybe maybe the fact that Vegas is known as Vegas and known for what it is, um, would actually help teams that otherwise would let their guys kind of go off kilter, be, have more, you know, procedures in place. That's a, if I was running a team uh, in, I, I have zero experience with anything, but if I was having a team, I know we would be on our best behavior in Vegas because you know how, how bad it can get. Yeah. I mean, you
0: almost be like, listen, we're flying to Reno and then we're staying in Reno for the night or like, you know, if, if you're coming from the East coast, if you're coming from the West coast, you're just coming in the morning. off. You're like, listen, we're getting out of here on that red eye special out of Vegas on Sunday night. Uh, and if we're, you know, if you're coming from the East coast, you're like, maybe even take a bus or fly to, like Topeka on Saturday, spend the night in Topeka and then fly to,
1: I, I don't know. I would just so, I would do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or you're a overnight in salt Lake.
0: <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, like where there where no music of any kind is allowed. Um, Road Warriors was a uh, subcat in this. What uh what stands out to you on on road games for these for these home field advantage teams?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned there were nine teams that that had a negative, you know, weighted home field advantage and um, you know, some of them are the the normal teams, I went over the LAs and the Washingtons. Then you have a team like Baltimore which just like I said earlier blew out three teams on the road. 59-10 to, 59 to 10 against the Dolphins in week one, 49-13 against the Bengals in week 10, and 45-6 to six against the Rams in week 12. Uh, so that they're not necessarily a bad home team. They just happened to explode on the road last year, and it skewed their numbers. So I'm not going to get carried away with their adjustments just because their numbers are negative. I think I still put them at two points of home field advantage, which is on the high side for the the one to two and a half scale that I mentioned. Um, but then another team that I think people assume is a good home field is the Saints, they typically, you know, score more than thirty at home, and the offense, you know, it out- easily outproduces what they do at home as well when they're on the road. So, so you're usually getting, you know, three or four points better at home. That wasn't the case last year. They were actually better on the road last year, and they didn't score thirty points for the first time in several hmm. years. Um, so then you add to it, the defense has always been consistently worse at home. They play, tend to play better on the road year in and year out that they're probably given too much credit for being good, good home team. So I wouldn't overvalue them at home and I wouldn't undersell them on the road. I'd probably be looking more likely to play the saints on the road this year just because people assume they're bad on the road. And I'd be looking to fade them at home just because the number's probably going to be a little too high because they assume that they're so good at home. I also think
0: that the saints, t- the offense has transitioned so much that it's not quite it's, I mean, they are still very good offensively, but it's not this, like, let's unleash drew Brees and his, you know, Post like just post pass prime on the entire league and
1: light it up like they they like to run the ball plenty and they're very efficient they throw all these high yeah. percentage passes and he's completing 74% of his passes or whatever you know yep. for for multiple weeks at a time and uh, michael thomas is catching a 9-yard route that essentially is a long run on every single first down and right. they they're they're not they're not chunking
0: it. They're not going vertical at all. Right. They're, they're not de- what they do. And that's different. That's different than, you know, that means you're not going to blow teams out as much. If you're, if everything's clicking, I tend to think.
1: Yeah. The old, the old high flying saints were kind of looked at like the, the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are now, and they're just not that team anymore. They're very efficient and chewing it up and, and uh, not making mistakes. So yep. uh, that, that should help. Um, you know, them to continue to be successful. Because if your quarterback is, you know, kind of his talent level is going down and as, as 40 year olds tend to do, then it just helps that you're not making mistakes.
0: All right. Let's take a quick break and we come back. We'll look at week one lines. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Based on the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Okay, so NFL Week 1 lines are up. I mean, they're still up, right? Still, again, the Week 1 lines. What are you, uh, what are you sort of thinking here? As, as we, as we start to, I, it is, it is, it is really hard to imagine. So we're recording this thirty days
1: away from the first football game of the season. That's tough to imagine. Yeah, just because we're kind of all, we've all been quarantining in place and going through this routine, it doesn't seem like there's really anything that can break that that us out of that kind of doldrum. But, so, but it also doesn't feel like they're practicing football. Like at no this law. point,
0: so I mean, like it's it's August 11th. As people are listening to this, usually at this point in time, it feels like, um, a, you, know, you know, you you have an idea of the sense of like who's winning what positional battles. You're starting to see like teams getting trendy in pre, you know, in the in training camp and leading up to the preseason, all that. It just doesn't, it doesn't, it
1: doesn't. It, and I'm not wrong, right? It doesn't feel that way. No, well, in a normal year, we would have just had the Hall of Fame game. So we would have already had yeah. football. We'd be getting ready for the first game for everyone else uh, uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And that would be what, all we'd be talking about right now. Um So the fact that we don't have that, and we know we still don't have that for weeks, it kind of just makes us all kind of stuck in place at this point and and still kind of in off-season mode when we normally wouldn't be.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and, um, Hard Knocks returning tonight. Oh, that's right. You know, Do I you can't take- wait
0: to see what scintillating footage that they've captured from training camp. Do you think
2: that will change? I get what you're saying entirely with what they're able to get, but do you think that'll change thing at all? Make you a little bit more excited?
0: Maybe 1%? Maybe I need to watch more NFL network. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of NFL on the television these days. That's sort of the other thing too. I, like Usually in August, I'm like, yeah, you
1: know, locked in on NFL football. I just, I just don't, I don't feel it in the air. It's very weird. And there's also other things that distract you. I mean, usually you don't have the NBA play, uh, NBA season, NHL going off. Uh, that's true. As, as much golf as usual. There was a major and, this weekend. Like I wasn't even, I didn't even think about football once this weekend. Yeah. Shout so, out well, Morikawa. I think all these other sports are kind of crowding out the air, and with no games going on, it's kind of hard to pay attention to football. Okay, that's that's
0: a good point. Like, the,
1: and like the Champions League is happening, so like all the buzz again on CBSL
0: Access, which you can get for a first month for free. All the buzz isn't about training camp. It's about like sports are back for the first time. And so everybody's sort of amped about it. That, that, that's a fair point. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for football. I just, I guess I, like I was with golf, I'm skeptical that they'll Charlie Brown me. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: Yeah. You don't want to get too invested because, you know, I, I, I can tell you right now it's what August 11th and I haven't done nearly as much prep as I usually do for the season. A, cause yeah, I guess, perfect. I guess that's what I mean. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm it may even be,
0: it's not, I don't know if it's like skepticism. So people get mad at me on this podcast for being skeptical and pessimistic. I don't even know if it's that. Maybe it's that, I mean, we've been doing this for 10 plus years now. And I mean, you have to like in various capacity working in sports. And at, if you've been like, I've been covering the NFL for CBS for 10 years. And so I feel like my natural uh, calendar rhythm and flow is very disrupted heading into the season.
1: Yeah, I would say the same too. And, and I just really did because we had that opt out deadline that passed last week. I really was waiting to just yeah. in case that we saw guys opt out and it would screw with, you know, all my preparation. So I really waited until this past weekend to dive into the season and get these power ratings together and home field and all that good stuff that I normally do. And so this weekend was really my first big prep for the season weekend where normally, uh, you know, I'd be two months into it at this point, at least.
0: Um, all right, let's talk about some specific bets though. So you met, uh, we mentioned the opening game. I think right now with the expectation that you will not see fans in football games, that if you have some stale lines out there for week one, you can get some pretty good numbers. For instance, I am looking at on a local site, the Houston Texans plus 11. Now that's minus minus one thirty-five, which is extremely bizarre and juicy for a week one line. That could should be set in stone. Let's just make it plus 10. Uh, but Kansas city defending champions, Andy Reid, hashtag off the bye or hashtag Andy Reid off the bye. Um, cause you know, he's got a full offseason to prepare for the Houston Texans. They're defending super bowl champions, of course, but I tend to think that losing a first time in arrowhead since the team won a title crowd is, is kind of impactful and 10 11 feels like a bit much for me.
1: Yeah, I would think ten is too much too. My numbers have it at seven and a half. Um, So I'm I'm full in. I think Houston's one of my best bets right now. Um, The other thing we have to take into account is because there's not preseason games, there's not. They're probably gonna have some sloppy play early in the season. I think that shows up more on defense with tackling, with um, you know these guys getting into shape, that kind of thing. Uh, Houston is not a team. You want to come, come to the the stadium with the sloppy defense because Deshaun Watson has shown he can score as many points as he needs to, you know, whatever situation. Yeah. I know everybody's last thought of Houston is them, you know, losing a 20, what was it? Four to nothing lead on, on Kansas city, letting it slip away and getting blown out. So people want want to discount them, but it not many teams are going to go up 24, nothing on Kansas city in the first place. And when you have Deshaun Watson he's going to be able to backdoor cover you in a lot of situations where, you know, other quarterbacks aren't. So I think laying 10, 10, 10 points is way too much, especially with that crowd factor you said. Um, Houston should be able to cover this number in most situations, I would think.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I think people will probably want to be on Kansas City here because it's more fun to be on the they, – they remember the playoff game. You know what I mean? So you're going to get some contrarian action there. I would bet this gets down closer to seven than, than – rather than it rising up.
1: Yeah. it's it, We'll see if the sharp money moves it. I, I would imagine a lot of sharps don't want to be too invested yet with 30 days out, knowing that you, you, could, you, you could lose players left and right. But yeah. by the time we get to Sunday morning, once we know who's playing, I would expect sharp action on 10 for sure. Do you? Uh, that's an interesting question
0: too, about these lines too. Do you think heading into the 2020 season that, so we have over the past, I think two years, mainly we've seen a lot of, in-week movement of these lines, not necessarily because of injuries, but because there's more accessibility to big people putting big money or sharps getting money down on these games. Um, you see lines move drastically early. And then, you know, for whatever reason, these lines bounce around, these NFL lines bounce around a lot throughout the week because there's a rush to have the lines out. Yeah, there's, there's more accessibility. Gambling is more wide open than it was before. And I wonder now, do you think we'll see lines sort of maybe even set, I don't know about late, like I think it'll still be set on Sunday night, but maybe like more cautious lines and then they sort of sit there and sit there and sit there and
1: then move like crazy from Friday through Sunday. Yeah, what I would imagine happens is that you still have your regular Sunday, seven p.m., six p.m., whatever it is, opening. You probably have lower limits though, because I believe the books will want to see if there's any like positive tests to come out of playing a game. Where you're mixing with, you know, a whole team of people and a whole set of individuals that you usually don't. So if it comes out on Monday, Tuesday testing that, you know, fourteen players from the the Texans have tested positive, that line's gonna be much different from the next week. So I think you're really going to want, they're going to wait to like open the floodgates until they get that information. Probably let you take, take, take games at lower limits until that point.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Let's uh, talk about some other games you got. You have the
1: Pittsburgh Steelers minus three and a half as one of your best bets. Yeah, the Giants were one of those teams that, that had a terrible home field number in, in my formula. Um, I think the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger back are, should be one of the favorites. I don't think they're getting looked at as, as highly as they should be. I think the Baltimore, Kansas City is definitely the top tier in the AFC, but I think the Steelers are right there on that second tier with teams that other people like, like the Bills and the Colts and those type of teams, um, with Ben back. Cause that defense is just so good. Um, I, the Giants, we saw they lost um, It looks like they're going to lose DeAndre Baker They lost Sam Beal That's two losses for a secondary that wasn't that great In the first place um, So James Bradbury is going to probably see a lot of balls Go the other direction on him Even though they spent a lot of money on him Then you get Nate Solder opting out um, And I, I don't know, a new coach is going to take a little time for them to get together I have much more much more trust in Mike Tomlin who's been doing this for decade plus. Um, so yeah, Pittsburgh seems to be like three and a half is too low. I would have it at six just by the, the, the raw power rating numbers. And I might even just in the situation go a little higher than that. So I would be pounding the Steelers right now.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Pittsburgh for me is that we just don't know with Ben, you know, like we just don't know what he's going to look like. And I mean, I mean, I assume we'll get eyes on him before you
1: know, the next 30 days, right? You would think. I mean, in what context, though, it's not like we're we're getting to watch preseason games or it's not like we're getting to open to training camp. So we'll get a lot of reports like we usually do. But until we get like a setback, then I'm not really that worried about him. What, okay. Once we start hearing some bad news, then I'll adjust. But until that happens, I think we can expect to see him in week one, and he should be pretty fine running that offense.
0: By the way, this happened right as we were starting the podcast, but I think it's just interesting for the, for, for the purposes of what we're discussing. The Phoenix Suns and, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, we're recording this at like 2.30 on Monday. Phoenix Suns and the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing a NBA basketball game. This Debo knows big NBA guy here, um, at 2.30 at, uh, 235 or whatever it tips off at like 225. The sun's announced their starting lineup. Deandre Ayton stud center, their second year center. I think he's, he's a rookie. I don't remember. Anyway, he, he's not in the starting lineup. People were like, what, like what is, what the hell is happening? He skipped his COVID test in the bubble. And so he's not eligible to play that. That to me, RJ sort of hits home with what we're going to face at maybe an even greater level in the NFL. Because like that happened, the Suns, he skipped it last night. Like, well, you couldn't have announced that sooner. You, I mean, I'm pretty sure he skipped it last night. Like you can't wait. You have to wait till five minutes before the game to announce that. I know the NFL will be a little different because we have inactives, you know, at 1130, you know, you typically, you know, you have the, you have a, an hour and a half window in which you have to get inactives in. So that changes for the NFL, but from a value perspective, like, you know, there's, there was value on maybe. Taking the the thunder, even though a bunch of their guys are out for different reasons related to seating, you know, take like all of a sudden you find out Aiden's out. I don't know. There's just a, there's a whole lot of it, it, It's wild to me how close to tip off some of this stuff could. happen.
2: Well, I just want to follow and and follow up on that. He must have gotten his results back because he's been cleared en route to the game right now and can join what? the team. What he's in now? He can join probably around halftime, but that definitely still affects things like you're saying. But yeah, that's yep. the latest update from a
0: couple minutes ago. Like, what have you done? Okay. So Steven, thank you, Debo. Great job. Um, so he was in, he's out. Now he's back in. So he didn't skip the test. This is crazy. No, he, he skipped the-, the test, but I think you have riding, to wait. Like, for was the- he writing like, a, it's a small world? What's happening? Why is he not at this freaking stadium? He What's was going
2: retested. On? I think he missed the initial test, retested Monday morning. You got to wait, obviously, for those results. Finally got it. So then he can go and meet up with the team, but they're in the middle of a game right now. It
0: tipped off. Yeah. It's already started. That's wild. Uh, so like, and, and that matters, that is a huge deal for DFS, obviously. It's a huge deal if you, cause so Steven Adams, but RJ, you're not bored by this NBA talk, right? No, keep going. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like, so Steven Adams, who's the Oklahoma City's best rim defender, was ruled out. And so was Nerlens Noel, who's a great shot blocker. So it was like, in theory, you could have been thinking about pounding the DeAndre Ayton over you know, eleven and a half, or like twenty and a half points or whatever it was, thinking he'd just have his way down low, and then he, you know, he's only going to play half the game. So pretty wild. Maybe the Suns' second half bet would be something to take, which is completely uh, unhelp, lack, lacking in help for the uh, for the podcast listeners here. No, so I but,
1: think the the lesson to take from the whole situation is that typically what you want to do is bet. When the lines come out right away, fire on them early. Get get the best of the number there. You can't do that now. Or well, well, or the other situation is bet them right before kickoff when you're going right. to get a good number there and you have all the information. Here, I do think you can bet early, bet right away. Okay. Make sure make sure you're taking the underdogs, the, the especially the big underdogs, because when situations change, it has a much more you know di- different effect on um the teams that are big underdogs, especially you know, over a touchdown evening up those odds, then it will like, okay, maybe they lose by 14 instead of 10, whatever. Um, so I do think you could take advantage of that. If, if I was, if we didn't get any other information throughout the rest of the week, I would just fire best bets as all underdogs on Sunday. And that would be my default position. Mm-hmm. You'd have to convince me. Um, to take a, to take a favor. But like I said, once we have all that information on Sunday, you can take whoever you want. The lines are going to adjust and you can, you can have all that information and know how strong you think teams are going to be if you're prepared with your power ratings and what you would do to adjust off quarterback absences. Then you can immediately fire on it and know, know what the line should be.
0: Yeah. I mean, the one thing about the taking the dogs is like, in, in a perfect world, you would, I guess, although I guess taking the dogs makes this most likely. In a perfect world, you would love to find, um, a window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you'd love to find a window where, uh, you know, you won. Like, like you get, like you get, I don't know, like somebody has a five-point dog, and then the other quarterback is ruled out, and you get the other team as a five-point
1: dog, and you can, po- you just hope that somebody wins. Yeah, by you're trying to get, that's why you move early on those big lines. Yeah, that's episode. true those big dogs at the beginning of the week because then you can play it back but also, also we'll see how, how books respond to this but if you want to parlay some money line underdogs you know you're getting you're multiplying your your payout and in an uncertain times you know done it much that has to happen out of the realm of possibility for two teams that were 10 point underdogs all of a sudden are both three point underdogs and you're getting what what would you get at that point like a 16 16 to 1 payout on which which should actually be a five or six to one payout so yeah that's a good you could, point you could really you know maximize the the payout that you could be getting just on the uncertain situation.
0: Well, I think this may be why I'm seeing these lines on here. So, for instance, the Dolphins are plus seven, minus one forty. The Browns plus nine and a half, minus one twenty five. It seems like it's juiced pretty heavily to these. these the Jaguars plus seven and a half, minus one thirty five. I don't know if that's the case industry like industry wide, uh, but I, I would. It's not surprising to me that an underdog would be juiced right now because they want. If you're going to bet that dog this early, they want to make you pay a price for it. Right. So you're laying that juice and that gives you less wiggle room to, 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 hedge and to, 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 window something in theory.
1: That makes sense. Um,
0: all right. What else you got for week one? Do you have the Dolphins? No, you do have another seven and a half point dog though. The, my Arizona Cardinals who are now there. I see them plus eight minus 130. I think my book's doing something weird here.
1: Yeah. The lines I have are all, uh, I looked at were all William Hill. So seven and, oh, and a half. right. right. You're
0: into partnership and
1: synergy <laughs> and helping out our partners. Yeah, how dare I? um so seven and a half seems like a lot Arizona we know got much better I, I don't want to come by completely into the hype in Arizona but we've seen teams come in and have these Super Bowl hangovers San Francisco it seemed like their defense was so elite that we should expect just a little some regression even if they are still really good I don't think we can expect them to be you know top level elite you know, as strong as they were we've seen it happen to the Bears and the Jaguars and teams like that and step back um that offense is going to be missing receivers you know you have Epo Samuel going through his injury issues. You've had some some other uh, issues at, at receiver that they're really going to be leaning on Brandon Ayuk, I think, when the season starts um, right out the gate. And he, he seemed like a guy that wasn't ready to come in and take a huge chunk right away. He's just a guy you want to work gradually into your offense and start getting a bigger role. I don't know if they'll be able to do that. So they seem to be like a team I don't know that I'm expecting them to go off offensively, and that just makes a big number hard to, hard to cover, especially when you have Arizona who, with their offense, is getting better. It's getting more pieces in place. Kyler Murray's ready to take the next step, you could see them backdoor covering a seven and a half point spread as well. So this seems a little too high for me. I would have made it five, um, but getting that hook on that seven and a half makes me love the Cardinals at this point.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on there. And given the fact that, um, you know, San Francisco struggled with Kyler Murray and containing mobile quarterbacks last year, I think that's a no brainer uh you also have the Las Vegas Raiders. You are a Derek Carr supporter, get off my podcast.
1: Hey, uh I we love bagging on Carr, but you know, look into the numbers. He actually was really good last I year and 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 so when Mariota was brought in, I don't think it's Carr is in any danger of losing his job. I would I would have wouldn't have been shocked if they would have drafted somebody if they if Carr, if Gruden would have fell in love with a quarterback like Tua and wanted to build around him. Um but you know, Carr, what what Carr gives you is good enough at this point and then they're going to Carolina and playing a team that's completely rebuilding, new coach, first time NFL, you know, coach. Um, completely rebuilt defense. All this young talent is going to take a while to gel. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater getting his chance to start. Um, not many, not many other pu- uh, pieces in place aside from Christian McCaffrey on offense. Question marks on the offensive line. I just don't think that they'll be able to keep up with Las Vegas. I, I have the car, the Panthers is one of the worst teams in the league in my power ratings. Probably not as bad as Washington, but, but right down there near the bottom. Um, while I have the Raiders right around average. And so to me, going into Carolina, I would make this about, um, Raiders minus, minus five, Raiders minus four. Right now, I think it's minus one and a half. So I think you're getting good value. Anything up to three, you're getting really good value. So that's why I'm taking the Raiders as a best bet.
0: Okay. Do you, what is there a path where Carolina is
1: competitive? I think it's going to have to happen in the second half when it's too late for it to really matter because I just think that defense being as young as it is with the it's new impossible coach. impossible to imagine that defense being good. I just don't see them, you know, starting 6 and 2, 5 and 3 out the gate and people getting excited about them. It might be a thing where they're 1 and 7 and then they go, you know, 5 and 3 over the second half and get people excited. But nobody's going to really notice it because when you're 1 and 7 and you end up 6 and 10, nobody really cares what, how that happened. So maybe that if that happens, start looking at him as a sleeper for the next year, but I wouldn't really put too much stock into him this year.
0: Um I would I would uh, so we mentioned the travel stuff and the home field advantage stuff. I mean the Raiders are I know it's week 1. But they're coming, they're coming east and they're starting at one o'clock. Would you bet the Raiders now or would you wait to see what the travel protocol is going to be? Because, I mean, clearly, if they have to like, get up at 3 a.m. Eastern or Pacific time and like haul ass to Carolina and then play, that's not ideal.
1: Yeah, I would wait. Um, just, to, and we'll, we'll see how absences affect them as well. I don't think there's really many people that are going to move the line for Carolina if they're out except for Teddy. Um, and, and Vegas, you could see, you know, some maybe diff- Christian McCaffrey, maybe Christian McCaffrey. Well, yeah, Christian McCaffrey a little bit, too, but he's a running back. So he shouldn't be moving the line anyway. Well, I know, but uh, I'm saying, like, I think I
0: think he would move it because of public perception. But I don't know that like Vegas would necessarily be that concerned about Christian McCaffrey's absence.
1: Right. So I don't think you're going to get any more of a discount for for, you know, that side of it, because they're just the line's not going to move off them. You could lose some value on Vegas and then want to take them at Plus three instead of minus one and a half, you know, or, or however that situation plays out. So yeah, I would probably wait. Um, I, like I said, betting it up to three, I think it's still great value. So if you can get it under three and you see it start to move, maybe you get it at two or two and a half. Um, but, uh, um, cause I would put it at, you know, five, five, five and a half somewhere around there.
0: Um, I was a little surprised you didn't have Seattle included heading to Atlanta. I know that you've. Pounded, and we've talked about this a bunch on this podcast in the past, you pounded the the point that the Seahawks are fantastic in the Eastern time zone.
1: Yeah, and I would have them as slight favorites in this game. They're slight underdogs, but it's not enough – if I would make them minus one and they're plus one, that's not that huge of a swing going around the zero at that point. Okay. So I do like Seattle, but I wouldn't – I think Atlanta's probably underrated. We expected they would fire their coach, and they didn't. They did a lot of good things on that defense in the second half of the year once they got their coaching staff set in place, and and they looked better in that. You, you can count on that offense. that has been very successful. Um, so I think with the hype of Brady coming to Tampa, um, Saints we know are going to be good. Atlanta's kind of getting slept on. They seem to me like a seven- or eight-win team, and I kind of – I think people consider are, are just holding their breath, waiting for the coach to get fired. Probably think of them more as like a five, six win team. So I, I wouldn't be, be willing to fade them at this point.
0: All right. I am actually seeing week two lines on here and I would discuss this, but is there a, would you have a strategy if, if you had week two lines available to you or is that just too far out where, so like the Bengals are plus nine against the Browns.
1: Yeah. I would definitely want to wait to see how, how week one transpires and, and see, how many players are getting sick? What we're going to do with protocol? It just seems like a little too far. We want to get that data in because that data is so key. But if you are going to play week two, like I was saying earlier, look to the huge underdogs because yeah. they'll, they'll, they're not going to go to Bengals. Browns isn't going to go to plus twenty, you know. But it really could come down to to pick. Them. A pick I mean, like if Baker Mayfield gets corona, it could be a pick'em. Yeah, it could be a pick'em, but it's not going to ever go that far in the other direction. So,
0: All right. So if it, you got, but if you got plus nine and a pick'em, like you're feeling pretty good about a nine-point, you know, window for an NFL game, or even like plus three and, or plus nine and minus three. Like neither one of those would be necessarily, you know, bad to have.
1: Yeah. So I just think you're, you're not going to get much movement if you're taking a huge dog the other way against you, but you could get a lot of value going, going, you know, back towards zero. So if you're going to play early lines, what happen put,
0: for the Bengals to be 21 point dogs to the Browns?
1: Uh, who would they play in the first week? They're playing chargers. So they probably have to lose like dolphin style 59, 10 uh, that, yeah. that week. And one. then Joe
0: Burrow gets sick.
1: And then, yeah, Joe Burrow gets sick, and you're playing – what is it, Ryan Finley still the number two there? Did they get yeah. someone else?
0: They got somebody else, but Finley will probably be the number two. Yeah, so that's – Yeah, uh, so it's like Ryan Finley versus a loaded – like a Browns team that wins big, and the Bengals got smashed with Joe
1: Burrow. Well, right. the Browns Browns are at Baltimore. So if they're even competitive in that game, you would figure well, – They beat hey, him Browns, in Baltimore last year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're scoring 40 on him this time.
0: Prob- probably not, but you never know. Kevin Stefanski is an upgrade. I mean,
1: Freddie Kitchen scored 40 on him. <laughs> somebody had Freddie <laughs> – you know, Kevin Stefanski can.
0: Uh, okay. Any more thoughts from, uh, from week one, uh, from things that you noticed?
1: Yeah, my, my, my raw numbers, there was two games I didn't put as best bets, but they would suggest the lines are too far off. I I would take, we talked about Washington not having a good home field. I would make that line against the Eagles 10. (laughs) It's, it's six right now. I just think there's not a home field advantage there. The Eagles are so much better. They're very consistent. Everything's in place while Washington is starting over rebuilding, um, they have a good defense, but um, who knows what that offense is going to look like. you got players getting cut. You, uh, you have no receivers, really, because uh, Harmon got hurt. So it's Terry McLaurin, and good luck for the rest of the offense. So it and seems like a game where the Eagles, I think, can run away with it. Darius
0: Geis, as you mentioned, who was uh, had multiple uh, counts of domestic uh, violence uh, issues, was immediately cut by the Redskins, which tells you how probably serious it is. Also, Ron Rivera wanted to send a message. I think anecdotally, Doug Peterson has been pretty good a bit against Ron Rivera. You know, 2017, they stomped them on that Thursday night game. That's just sort of me thinking out loud. So I mean, that 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 could factor in. And then, um, you know, last year the Eagles were losing early to uh, who, who was the uh, Case Keenum, and then uh, Carson Winston and Sean Jackson lit it up, and they came back and, and won. And I covered the ten. I
1: think. I, I, I don't think they covered. I Maybe think they it didn't was like, cover, but they it came was back seven or eight, and they won by like five or something.
0: Oh, you I know what? It. They were up thirteen. And covering in the Redskins, Case Keenan went down and threw a backdoor touchdown Mm -hmm. to cover at the last second. So the, but the, but the point being is that the Eagles are you know even if they start slow can certainly come back and cover a 6 point spread against them.
1: Yeah, but then everything else that I've said up to this point not wanting to lay these big numbers uh, makes me not want to put the Eagles sure. as a best bet. I just think the numbers should be a lot higher. So if you're looking for value on a number I like them. And then I also like uh Chicago Detroit. I think Chicago should be 3 point favorites here. Detroit oh. is a 1 point favorite. Um I don't I, we're going we're going to have to see if Stafford is healthy. I think he will be. But, um, I, Detroit looks like a little bit of a mess defensively. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, but I do like the fact that we're getting consistency from that offense. The same guys in place. The defense should still be good. I think they can come out here and win this first game, uh, by a field goal. I think they're clearly a better team than Detroit and they should be favored here.
0: Okay. All right. RJ White at RJ White one on Twitter. Go to sportsline.com. Use promo code white to get your first month for a dollar. All RJ's picks plus. Uh, tons. We get tons of DFS content in there. Mike McClure's is cranking out winners. He's hit like four or five golf winners in a row or something like that. So make sure and check that out at Sportsline.com. Plus, you get CBS All Access for free. It's really too good of a deal. I don't know why we're offering it. Uh, RJ, we'll talk to you very soon, pal.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...